Are you afraid of hearing no when you make an offer on a house? Or worse, do you normally just do nothing when a seller tells you no? In this episode, we're going to give you the basics of follow-up. Then, we're going to tell you how to be a free consultant to this seller, even though you're not in the running for this property anymore. And we're going to help you find a way to help this seller understand if the other trustworthy offers are trustworthy or not. And then, if something falls through, you'll be in prime position for the seller to ask you for your offer again. So this is the podcast to help you 10x your income and quit your W-2 by wholesaling real estate. My name is David Lecko, and I created a process in 2017 that's helped people close over 10,000 deals now in all 50 states. And I'm doing real estate investing myself. Earlier this year in January, this house was listed for sale by owner that I came across. I happen to be walking on my treadmill desk in Austin, Texas, filtering Zillow listings in Indianapolis that were for sale by owner. And the number's right there on the screen. I think maybe I should just do this after I'm done exercising, but then I worry if I'm procrastinating. So I just give him a call and the seller picks right up and we dive into the conversation. It turns out that his mom died and now the property is supposed to pass on to four kids and they don't want to split a rental property, so he's got to sell it. I can see that he's asking two seventy nine. And I know it won't work for me unless it's $224,000. Instead of telling him that, I actually pull away with what I call the soft no. Unfortunately, that number doesn't work for me. But if anything changes, please let me know. I can cash you out in two weeks. That's the soft no. I realize that when I'm talking to sellers versus talking to you guys, it gets kind of confusing unless I use a different voice. So... That's why I'm using a different voice. He asks me what would work. And then I say my number. So he's given me permission to give him an offer that's quite a bit different from what he's asking for. So he's a lot less likely to get offended. And I say 224. And he says that is a fair offer, but he would not be able to accept that. And I give my normal, totally get that. Let me know if anything changes. And I set a reminder on my cell phone using the reminders app of my iPhone to remind me every two weeks to follow up with this property address. And then when I get the reminder, I just send a text like, hey, just checking in. Are you interested still in selling your house? And whether they respond or not, I go from there. And then I just keep doing that every time I get one of those reminders. And then after this phone call, two days later, I actually know that there is a Deal Machine Masterclass coming. We host these weekly. This one is led by Paul Myers on sales. And he gives me this technique that I have to try. And this deal back in January was the first time I've tried this out. So here's how it goes. When a seller says no, we respond in a few different ways. And there's a list of like 10 preambles. So you can pick and choose whatever is appropriate for your situation. So here they are in my special voice, so you're not confused who I'm talking about. Would you mind helping me get better so I don't make the same mistake in my next appointment? Was it the person, the price, or the process? Now that I'm out of the running, what are your plans for the property? You seem like a nice person, and I want to make sure you're not taken advantage of. If you want, I'm happy to be a free consultant and I'll review the purchase agreement from any investor that you decide to sell to because there are three main 
landmines that other investors can use to take advantage of sellers. Would you like me to explain those landmines? And if they say yes, then you can go into the landmines. So here they are. I'm going to list all three in my voice, and then I'll come talk about them with you. Landmine number one, make sure that whoever comes into your house after me or whichever offer you choose meets these three landmines to ensure that you're not taken advantage of. Landmine number one is make sure that the buyer writes you a non-refundable earnest money check for at least $10,000. If they hesitate or come up with an excuse, what does that tell you? And then the seller will say something like, oh, they might not have the cash to close on my property. Exactly. Here's landmine number two. Additionally, make sure you put in the contract that the contract is not assignable. Some of these guys say they are cash buyers, but in reality, they're just trying to sell the contract. But I was just talking to another seller this week, and his house was packed. He's in his moving truck ready to move out, and the guy called and canceled. I'm not saying that would happen, but if it did... How would that affect your situation? And then the seller's going to say something like, oh my gosh, it's going to delay moving and I need to be there when my daughter has her baby. Knowing that, how would that make you feel if that were to happen? And then they're going to say something and then you move on to landmine number three. Finally, make sure you have a proof of funds from the buyer showing that they have the money. Oftentimes, people say they are cash buyers, but they are really getting a mortgage. As I understand it, when you asked me out here today, you were looking for a cash offer. If your house is packed and you're ready to move on, and the buyer calls you to let you know their loan was denied, how would that impact you? And then, of course, the seller is going to say something that's not ideal for their situation. Let's talk about that first landmine. So, Obviously, you're here to make, you know, 10 times your income and make some big assignment fees from wholesaling real estate. So why am I telling you about this earnest money check? So first of all, this is a deal where you're already out of the running. So you have absolutely nothing to lose. And most wholesalers only use $100 on the earnest money. And it's fine because the seller is in dire need of a solution. So it's fine. But you're now in the position where you have nothing to lose and you may probably still not even get the opportunity to even put this money down, but this might be the factor that differentiates you. And so anything above $1,000 would be effective since most wholesalers only put 100 And if they do come back to you, if you have the money, you can put it down or you're in a pretty good situation where now this buyer's really, really, really in need of a solution and they're finally admitting your price is a number that does work for them. So you could probably be resourceful by posting in Facebook groups or asking a relative for that this actual earnest money. Hey guys, if you know you want to quit your job in the next three months, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast because we've got some incredible frameworks with step-by-step -step instruction that you're not going to want to miss. Also, leave us a rating and review to let us know your favorite parts and why you want to get financial freedom. So step two, and again, with step one though, if you if you don't want to put your earnest money up for that, 
uh, then you could just skip. I wouldn't want you to do anything uh, that felt like it was untrue to your situation and what you felt like you could provide. So step two is, you know, putting in the contract that it's non-assignable. So normally you are going to use assignable contracts, but again, you've already been out of the running for this deal. So if you are to have an advantage over other wholesalers that may or may not be legit, that they may or may not be getting contracts from, you can bring this up. And if they do come back to you and want you to do the deal, you can just take the assignable part out of your contract and do what's called a double close, which means that you close on the property with transactional funding. So basically you can rent $100,000 for a day for you know a few hundred bucks in order for you to close first. And then the end buyer closes an hour later. And so you, you rent the money so you can close and it's called a double close. So that's how you can get around this. If, if this is the landmine that kind of tells them like, oh, I should be working with you. And then the third thing is talking about proof of funds. Again, you're here to wholesale and make assignment fees, not to put down a bunch of money of your own on these properties. So why am I telling you to get this proof of funds? Well, again, you're out of the running for the deal. If this is the differentiator, that makes them want to come back to you to get that offer you initially offered them, you can get proof of funds at a website called doubleclose.com. And they can also provide you the transactional funding if you end up doing that double close, but they can provide the proof of funds letter. There's a button on the top right of the website. So, all right, here's an example that I thought would be really helpful for you to hear me speaking with this exact seller. I found the recording and I want you to hear it. And I'm, I'm setting the context for delivering these three landmines. Here's the recording. Hey, John, this is David. We had uh, chatted a couple days ago. Um, I know that you're asking for 279, I believe. Uh, I had offered 224. I know that you said in order to counter offer that you would actually have to receive an offer closer to the asking price. And so closer means, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you why I'm not going to give away my hand. You just need to, need to bring it up. I don't know that I necessarily have any more money to give you because I've, I've done the analysis and everything, but I was just curious if there was actually a number um, in your mind that you were thinking of. Well, if it's actually, you know, list price or nothing, then uh, we better brew a, bot, a pot of coffee because it, it sounds like a, <laughs> a Grand Canyon type gap. It sounds like I'm not the, the guy for the, the current house, um, but I did want to offer um, to be a free consultant if you'd like. And um, basically I've, I've got three landmines that I've kind of recognized uh, a lot of other investor uh, may try to get you on. And if you want, I could kind of tell you what those three things are. Okay, so the recording's over. What did you guys think? It's awkward, right? When I tell him, Closer means, and I zip my lips and there's this huge pause, do exactly that because the seller feels that silence and eventually sellers may say valuable things just to fill the void. And I'm always a fan of making things less awkward by adding in a joke like that Grand Canyon size gap. So I didn't end up doing that deal, unfortunately. I looked at that property every month and he finally sold it, I think at his asking price, about nine months later. But let me tell you a deal where I did close for $38,000 less than the seller was asking. 
and I'll let you hear it from the seller in her own words. Here she is. Hi, my name is Andrea, and I'm just taking a minute to uh, let you know what my experience was like working with David Leko, selling my home. Uh, after 15 years of living in the Midwest, I decided to sell my house and move to the West Coast to be near family. Um, I initially chose another company to go with, um, and though David had made an offer, um, initially I didn't accept his, but he still stayed with me, answered questions I might have, and was there professionally for me just in case that things didn't go right. Um, they turned out not to go right, and I ended up going with David. And um, honestly, I wish I wouldn't have wasted my time and would have chosen David originally. Uh, and the reason why is because he was upfront and was upfront about the earnest money. He was upfront about closing dates, closing times, um, where I needed to be and um, at what time. And he was, the, the whole transition was very, very smooth. Um, and not only is he professional and he's a kind person, but um, it was very, um, it was a very easy process, took a lot of pressure off of me in selling a home because that can be very stressful. And I just wanted to say thank you, David. And um, I'm just really happy that I chose to go with you um, in the end. Thank you so much. So if you're afraid of hearing no and you don't have any money saved up, implement my soft no and the two-week follow-up reminders using the phone app to remind you to send those text messages. And also use the landmines for the assignment as well as the proof of funds. If you have a little money saved up, you can also bring up that landmine about a $10,000 earnest money. Or since most wholesalers use $100, anything over $1,000 would work great for that landmine. So just wanted to say thank you to Paul Myers, who teaches on the Deal Machine Masterclass regularly. If you want frameworks from our top masterclasses that wholesaling coaches charge $1,000 for, there's actually a $3.99 option on our Apple podcast listing. This is brand new, where you can try it for three days for free. And these are edited down and cut directly to the chase for you. So you can listen to the most valuable parts from these expert-led classes. And I hope this was so valuable for you guys. If you want to take a challenge on getting your first deal in seven days, check out episode 65 of the podcast, and I will see you guys on the next one. Thanks for listening to the Deal Machine Real Estate Investing Podcast. Please leave us a review and follow along wherever you're listening to your podcast.